You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous, the podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. Now, we'll take a break from our usual episodes to bring you this intermission sode. Oh, are you done with me? <laughs> You're just shaking your head. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we, the last one we did, I believe, was about the um, Tony Award eligibility. Okay. And oh yeah, it's been a while. It's been quite some time and friends, there's no update on when the Tonys will actually happen. They just keep saying fall 2020. As I have read, okay. there are they're still in talks to find a broadcast partner. Oh. And so that's I think one of the things that's holding it up, you know, well, they said fall 2020. Okay. It's October. I don't know Why what's going do they on. Need- why do they need a partner? Broadcast partner, you know, because they want to do it bigger than just online the way all the oh. other awards have oh, done. All- they want it to be televised? Is that? Yes. Okay. Okay. So they want it to be like on NBC or CBS or ABC or someplace. Interesting. Um, instead of just, sweet pea, sweet pea. Hi. <laughs> See? Hi, friend. <gasps> Oh, that's for you. Those kisses are for you, Ebony. Me too. She's my heart. The only dog that knows where I am when I call (laughs) her through the computer. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, so we don't know uh, exactly when the Tony Awards are going to be. Still, that's so. I mean, I guess. I mean, like everything is up in the air right now. But I would have imagined they would have had some of that already planned right before they made the announcement that's right i mean all of the that they really said were you know it was on street it was they wanted it to be streamed mm-hmm. but you know it's it's not been not more details have come through yeah. i will say i watched the emmy awards which i loved how they did it i thought yeah. it was done really well it was um done Partially Zoom, partially in person, because okay. you can only have like a certain number of people live. Yeah. So it was still done in a big theater and it had, um, you know, uh, 
Jimmy was there like in person, Jimmy okay. Kimmel. And then he would have like a few presenters come in person and, and uh, present. Okay. And so that was really interesting. And then the way that they did the awards was, it was pretty funny actually. They had people dressed in like these plastic, they were look, supposed to look like a tuxedo, but it was like a, <laughs> a hazmat suit basically. <laughs> I mean, the, like the head piece, the yeah. whole deal, the gloves. <laughs> and they would be holding the Emmy and they were, they would go to all of the nominees. Yeah. Oh, to their houses? Yes. Just, oh, that's amazing. Their houses. Yeah. They would come to their houses. <laughs> but here's the crappy part, right? Like if you lost, like they'd be standing there with the Emmy waiting oh. for your name to get called. So Rami Youssef, I love his show, Rami on Hulu. If you all haven't watched it, it's absolutely great. And he writes it. He's wonderful. He, he was nominated for an Emmy. He won the Golden Globe uh, earlier this year for the same role. And <laughs> the, the man with the Emmy like comes, stands at his window. And then when he loses, like, they wave and walk away with like his Emmy and it's just, and so he took video of it and put it on Twitter and it's hilarious, but it's also just like tragic, you know? Um, so traumatic. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So I, here's the problem. The Broadway league doesn't have the money that the Emmy awards no. have. So they're no. not going to be able to go to everybody's door. I yeah. I'm curious to see how they'll sort of negotiate that situation. Yeah. I, I wonder if it'll be something similar to what they did on the drama desk awards where mm -hmm. they asked people a different question that wasn't about winning and had them answer that. But I'll be honest with you. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. The way the Emmys did it, it was much better. Yeah. <laughs> but, Sounds <you> know, better. <laughs> yeah. It was my, it was really, it was fun. It was, I, I liked watching it. Interesting. Um, okay. So just, like pre-record everything. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like it doesn't really have to be live. I would argue no. I, so, you know, jumping ahead to the Olivier Awards, it is mm. going to be mostly pre-recorded. Okay. Uh, so the Olivier Awards are going to be on October 25th. The main show will be broadcast on ITV with additional awards being shown in a pre-show broadcast the same evening on the official London Theatre's YouTube channel. Okay. Listeners will also be able to tune into a show highlighting the winners and key moments on Magic Radio from 8 until 10 on Monday, October 26th with extended coverage across the week on digital radio station, Magic at the Musicals. This is all in England, although um, I'm happy that, uh, you know, we'll be able to see uh, some of this on the official London Theatre's YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. I'm getting a lot of this information from Playbill.com, uh, the New York Times, um, Stage UK, uh, Variety, Deadline. I mean, these are, these are where I'm getting a lot of this information. Mm. So that, those are the Olivier Awards on October 25th. I'm excited to actually like sort of be able to watch a little bit <laughs> of it sure. as opposed to other years where you just can't, you just like see on Twitter and social media, like who wins. Yeah. Um, and I know that uh, James McAvoy is up for an award because of um, Cyrano de Bergerac, which was supposed oh. to come to BAM. And I was like, really, my friend Christy and I were really excited because yeah. we were going to go see 
it's been um, an NT Live for a while. So we're, okay. at first we were just going to go to the movie theater and watch an NT Live of it. And then it got announced, I think like a week before, it was three weeks before we were going to go to the th- movie theater to watch it. It got okay. announced that it was coming to BAM. So we were like, scratch that. We'll go oh, to BAM. Yeah. But of course the shutdown happened well before he was able to yeah. come because he was supposed to come in May. Okay. To Brooklyn. So darn. Yeah. Maybe, maybe next year. Maybe. I hope so. I mean, it got uh, really great reviews. As I've said, he's, you know, nominated for an Olivier award. It seems really sort of fresh and interesting. Um, you know, and I, I, I like him a lot. Like I'm a fan of I did too. Uh, his acting. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Um, uh, back to this side of the world, Arts Hero, Be an Arts Hero, they're launching a campaign to get kids and teens involved with civic engagement. And so they've partnered with uh, Theater for Young Audiences, the American Alliance for Theater and Education, International Performing Arts for Youth, Association of Teaching Artists, iTheatrics, and New Victory to write letters to urge the U.S. Congress to pass the DAWN Act. DAWN stands for Defend Arts Workers Now. Okay. To help youth get started, um, hashtag arts are my superpower. <laughs> so cute. Love. Uh-huh. Offers free templates and other creative activities to express their love of the arts and demonstrate its contribution to society. Awesome. The Dawn Act Because is a- that is so important to remember, <laughs> that it is not just something pretty that people look at and listen right. to. It does things. It activates yes. people. It makes them think. Mm-hmm. It moves movements forward. That's right. That's right. That's Sorry, right. I got and heated. <laughs> but you're right. I am right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and the Dawn Act is the most comprehensive of all of the bills that are coming to Congress to help the okay. arts community because it's not just about theater. It's also about music. It's also about museums. Like they're trying to get funding for all of the arts community where you have bills like save our stages, which is, which is more about like the music industry. Okay. Um, and so other bills are just sort of more, um, this is such a scary time. Oh, totally. But it's like two, it's like two sides of the same coin though. If you really Mm -hmm. consider that in the best of times, when we are thriving in society as a country, they, they try to strip away the arts. Like when we are doing the very best we can, they try to strip away the arts. And so if you look at it now, we are not in a position where we are thriving as a country, as a society. So of course the first thing they're going to try to do is take away the arts, the umbrella of arts. So that is inclusive of museums, movies, stages, music, theater, everything. Okay. But then the flip side of that, oh shoot, I lost it. (laughs) Oh no. It went right out of my head. Wait, let me think. Okay. What was I going to say? Oh, oh, wait. Oh, but the flip side of that Uh is the fact that now we as artists are in a, in a position that we've never been in before where we have time Mm -hmm. and freedom to explore all that we have to create. And like, there has never been a renaissance of creativity. Like there has been 
just recently after the COVID, you know, shelter in place happened. So it, it, it is, it is wonderful, but at the same time, it's really scary because all right. of it could go away while, you know, we're finally coming into like this really amazing creative world. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. There's, I don't know if it, if talk, uh, you know, musings about, you know, people saying that they would like some sort of, um, you know, national theater, some sort of federally funded yeah. well, they have theater in the UK. They do. Okay. But America tried to do this. Really? Oh, yes. wait, I think I did. Did you this. ever see the movie Cradle Will Rock? Yes. Yes. <laughs> So I see people saying that and it just, it didn't go well. Yeah. That's why we don't have it anymore. Um, I and think I, what they see, at least in, in my eyes, mm -hmm. you know, you look across the pond and you see that in their darkest times, the government still supports something like the arts in this way that they have it set up. And I think that's all Americans really want. Mm -hmm. That's all mm -hmm. we've ever wanted as artists, right. as American artists. All we've ever wanted is validation and support from the higher ups, the people that choose whether or not we succeed. Right. So in this time where we have no chance to succeed because mm -hmm. of COVID-19, because of a source that is outside of us that we cannot combat yet because there's no vaccination for it. Like we, right. we have no control over this. Mm -hmm. It's not because people stopped coming to concerts and stopped going to museums and didn't want to sit in theaters together. It is because we are unable to. Mm -hmm. And we see now that our government who has always been waiting to take away those, those things from us in the first place and take away any support that we have gained up to this point is now manipulating the situation to do further harm. Right. At right. a time when I would argue, I think all of us would argue the arts are the most important thing. Right. They're the thing. I mean, you know, I said this, so many times, but you try to get through this pandemic without movies, without television, yeah. without your streaming services, without mm -hmm. uh, books, without, without light, like the, um, just try it. Yeah. Do anything. It have no, have absolutely no arts, mm -hmm. no music, nothing. nothing just sit pretty, there. My blankets will all be one, like army green. Yes. Just sit <laughs> in your room. Yeah. Staring at the wall. Yeah. And see how far you get. Mm -hmm. So I don't hum really to yourself because that's no, the arts. That, that's also music. <laughs> so shh, you just get to sit in the quiet staring at a blank wall. Yeah. See how well you do. <sighs> and then you go tell me the arts are not essential. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so the next thing I want to talk about is Apple TV has announced the cast for a new musical television series starring Saturday Night Live's Cecily Strong. The new comedy is produced by Lauren Michaels, Lauren Michaels, we know SNL. Yep. And created by Cinco Paul and Ken Dario, 
Uh, it follows a couple on a backpacking trip designed to reinvigorate their relationship when they discover a magical town in which everyone acts as if they're in a musical from the 1940s. I would love that. <laughs> That's yeah. my dream. That's yeah. what, like before I knew Broadway existed, mm-hmm. that is what I knew. I knew musicals from the 1940s and 50s. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> I always wanted backup dancers. I uh, still do. It's not just a kid thing. I'm a grown woman and I still would love backup dancers when songs pop into my head. Okay, so Strong will play Melissa alongside Keenan Michael Key as her partner, Josh. Oh. Alan Cumming as Mayor Menlove. Fred Armisen as Reverend Layton. Mayor Menlove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love Mayor Menlove. Uh, Fred Armisen as Reverend Layton, Kristen Chenoweth as Mildred Layton, Aaron Teviot as Danny, uh, Dove Cameron, she was, she played Cher in Clueless Off-Broadway. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Dove Cameron as Betsy, Ariana DeBose as Emma, uh, Jamie Camel as Doc Lopez, Jane Krakowski as the Countess, and, and... And Harada ah! <laughs> as Florence Menlove. Oh, I love this. I love yes. this entire thing. Everything about <laughs> it. I'm so excited about this right now. And it's Apple uh, TV. I've totally got Apple TV. <laughs> uh, Paul will write all the show's original music with Barry Sonnenfeld directing, and it is set to debut next year. I, I wow. do think this is the show that my friend was working on, but I, I can never remember the title. I should have texted her before this episode. Well, I'll, I'll put, put it a little on quick a... Google search while you talk about the next bit of item. Okay, so the next big thing, Netflix. So Netflix has released the first look at Chadwick Boseman and Viola Davis and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So this is going to be Chadwick Boseman's final performance. Viola Davis stars as the real-life mother of the blues, Gertrude Rainey, alongside Chadwick Boseman in his final role as the enterprising trumpet player, Levy. The film is based on the 1984 work by August Wilson, the award-winning playwright behind Fences, The Piano Lesson. Um, It is set in 1927, and the story starts with Rainey as she arrives late to a recording session and greets a controlling white manager and an impatient band who's being fueled by Levy's ambitions to unseat Rainey from her blues throne. What follows is a misogynistic and creative battle as Rainey fights for full control of her sonic legacy as the men around the blues queen see her actions as symptoms of her blackness and womanhood instead of being associated with her talent. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's the sound that I make every time anything misogynistic happens. Like it's so, oh, it's just such, like if you, it it just plays to the male ego to me that they have to come up with an excuse. It's not because she feels the same as you would in that position if you were put there. Right. Like if someone were trying to steal your legacy and your music and the money that you would make from it, you would probably be really upset and maybe say some things and fight about it. But because she's a woman, she's being hysterical and it's her fault because she's a black and a woman and she doesn't think about these 
these things rationally like we men do. Right. I know. I I hate. I I would argue men PMS much worse than we do. (laughs) They do. Oh, uh, if I'm going to just slip in here because mm-hmm. I just read this article in the Hollywood Reporter about that musical, yeah. which is still an untitled show, but it was formally known as Schmigadoon. Yes, <laughs> this is the show that my friend was working on because I could never remember the title. Yes, Schmigadoon. 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 Yes. Now you'll remember it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she said that to me and I still don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But it is untitled yeah. at this point. Okay. So they, okay. So that must've been the working title. Um, Cause I think normal people wouldn't know what, what that reference. No. Who's going to watch it. That's normal though. It's all going to be theater people. I will. Of course, <laughs> of course it will. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait for that. I know. I don't have Apple TV and I'm like, uh, okay, I'm going to wait. <laughs> I'm going to wait until the whole season is put on and then I'll have like a do a, like a one month or to binge it. And then okay. <laughs> that's probably that what I'm going to do. Yeah, <laughs> probably what I'll do. Um, okay. So back to uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, Tony award winning director, George C. Wolf helms the screen adaptation for the streaming service, Netflix, uh, who has released first look images. So you can go online and you can see these, uh, with Davis and Bozeman in their respective roles. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom also stars Taylor Page, who plays Rainey's girlfriend, Dusty May, alongside stage and film vets Coleman Domingo and Glenn Turman. The film is produced, like I, uh, like I said, by Denzel mm-hmm. Washington, um, who, uh, I don't know how many people know this, but originally his idea was to do an August Wilson cycle of all of August plays, and he was going to bring them all to film, and it was all meant to be on HBO. Oh, okay. So originally, it was meant to be this deal with HBO, but it's, as we all know, it sort of hasn't really been like, right, because uh, Fences, um, F- Fences was on, I think Fences was, Fences was on TV. I see. I saw. I saw. I do recall a, that. I didn't watch it, but I do recall that. Right. So I think it might have been on a streaming service. I'm not sure. I saw it on a screener. So that's mm-hmm. how I saw it. So that's why I'm not totally sure. Uh, and then, of course, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is going to be on Netflix. Then the next one he's working on is The Piano Lesson. And that's going to be led by Samuel L. Jackson and Denzel's son, David Washington, or John David Washington, excuse me. John David Washington will play Boy Willie, which is the lead role. And according to the Times, Washington is hoping for Barry Jenkins, the director of Moonlight, to direct the piano lesson. Oh, wow. Um, this, this play is set in the 1930s, and the piano lesson is the story of two siblings and their struggle to come to terms with their inheritance and the ghosts of their past. It was previously adapted for the screen in 1995 with a cast led by Charles S. Dutton. Wow. Um, so this is really exciting to see, you know, the first looks for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom to come out and then the announcement about the piano lesson. Yeah. So really, really cool. And then I, I don't know how many of you also know, like the whole Chadwick Bozeman, Denzel Washington. The Viola Davis. Well, no, there's, so there's this very sweet storyline about how 
Denzel Washington oh, yes. is responsible for Chadwick Boseman's career in a way. So when Chadwick Boseman was in college at Howard University, there was an opportunity to go study acting abroad. And so there was this contingent of African-American actors that would like basically anonymously pool their money together to send young people who couldn't afford to pay out to, to go do these, yeah. these um, semesters abroad. And so he, and so Chadwick was one of those students. He grew up in, in South Carolina. He did not come from money, um, but he was very, very talented and everyone could say just very passionate. Cause he actually went to Howard for directing. He didn't actually wow. go uh, um, acting was not his major, but, he, he was one of these students that they really saw a lot in. So he was able to go on this, this semester abroad and study. And then a few years later, it's brought to his attention that, so I could be wrong, but as I believe it, they wouldn't just pull their money together. They would like anonymously sponsor a student, right? So, so a few years later, Chadwick finds out it was Denzel Washington that sponsored him <laughs> yeah. to go to this semester abroad. And so I was watching an episode of the Graham Norton show. And this that's is the clip I saw. Did you? Okay. Yeah. And so Chadwick talks about, talks about that. And he mentions, so um, Graham Norton says, well, you know, now you can pay him back, right? Because this was after Black <laughs> Panther. And he said, well, you know, I'm doing a movie for him. So like, you know, I give him a discount. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was before Ma Rainey's Black Bottom could be announced. So that was, this was okay. the movie that Chadwick was talking about. This is, and I, I'm going to take another sidebar. Yeah. <laughs> As you think well, I'm just sponsoring one person. You yeah. think it's such a small thing. Like I've got this extra money. I can, of course, I can mm -hmm. invest in someone, you know, that way. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's such a small thing. But if you really look at it, that by Denzel Washington putting forth the money for Chadwick Boseman to go and do that thing with mm -hmm. theater, Chadwick was then inspired to then follow through on the acting portion, which mm -hmm. then put him in line to do the Black Panther, which was such an incredible movement mm -hmm. for all people of color because mm -hmm. it was such a, it was something that they had never been able to really see represented for them yeah. on the big screen. Yeah. And so just that little thing it's, mm -hmm. It turned into such a huge thing. I just, right. and I love that. I love, you know, cause it's so easy to be like, uh, that doesn't, my vote doesn't count. Right. Or, you know, it, my giving to that one homeless person doesn't really matter. My saying a kind word to that person over it. Like I, yeah, I like her dress, but me telling her that isn't going to matter. Mm -hmm. well, it does though. Yeah. It matters a whole, it doesn't matter to you as much as it matters to the person on the receiving end. Right. And you never know what the person on the receiving end is going to do with that gift. Right. And, and also, even, even before Black Panther, you know, it also gave Chadwick this um, strong sense that he was going to be very deliberate about 
the roles that he chose to play. So even if that meant, you know, he wasn't going to work for a while, he, he understood the importance of every role that he chose to play and how that put forth the black narrative and how that would inspire the next generation. Right. So Denzel's been doing this always, right? Like he's been mentoring the boys and girls club. He's, I mean, he, but again, he came from that, right? Like he was in the boys and girls club. He wasn't, he didn't do well in school, but people encouraged him. Mm -hmm. And so then because somebody poured into his life, somebody who we don't know who isn't famous, he was like, oh, I'm going to pay this forward. And so because he paid it forward, we got Chadwick Boseman who just like, just exploded and broke open our sensibility about what it means to be black in a culture that so often wants to diminish our worth and beauty, importance, strength, and power. And so the legacy that he's left us with will live on, you know, past sadly, um, his, his stay here on earth, but it's just like, yeah. I mean, vote and, <laughs> and, and really think about like how your vote is going to, um, what the long-term effects of it are going to yeah. be. Cause it's After not just about here. the next four years. No, no, it's not just about the next four years and, and, you know, paying things forward, yeah. no matter how small it feels, it, it, it can, it can change it can change the vision of a race of people. I mean, the Wakanda (laughs) forever sign that we do to each other, it it will go past, you know, just that one film. It is is now a part of the African-American vernacular. It is, it is a sign of our royalty and it is, um, it's giving you, just, it's given you a culture that had been stolen from you in the first place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's also given you permission to exist. Yeah. It's Which, given you permission to matter regardless right. of the color of your skin, which is the most frustrating because it's Which, not something that you can change. Right. And, and I mean, it, we mattered, but people don't want us to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I should have said given you permission because that, that, that makes it seem like we're all saying, okay, you can exist now. Right. It, it, it opens up the door for you to think of yourself in a different way. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, and also it's a funny thing. I've heard a lot of, um, people of color say, you, you watch these futurist movies and so often like there are no people of color yes. in these movies. And so what kind of they do to us? Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. So, um, black Panther's a, a form of, uh, Afrofuturism, right. Where we are, we are, we took that narrative and it's yeah. like, not only are we in the future, but we are killing it. Yeah. Well, the, and I think, <laughs> The thing that I love the most about it is that it's not just the future, it's also the past because yeah. this is a culture of, of black people, of people mm-hmm. of color who have not been touched by the white people. Right. So they have been able to create for themselves and, and to 
be a society unto themselves, untouched mm-hmm. by all of the colonialism that happened to all of the other, you know, black cultures and, and colorful races out there, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. up to this point. And so you see that this is a, this is a society of people that have started and been in it and will mm-hmm. continue to thrive mm-hmm. because they have been untouched, because they have just been allowed to be. To be, yeah. I think that's the part I love about it. Instead of being colonized by white people. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's our mini so guys. Thank <laughs> you so much for listening. Yes, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGABWAY and on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Your intermission sode has now concluded. Shut up. Sit down and turn off your cell phones. Or we'll tell Patty Lapone. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.